The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we're going to discuss what is most widely regarded as the most powerful weapon in Greek mythology, Zeus's lightning bolts. More specifically, where they came from, who made them, who transported them, and if their supply was limitless. Let's get into it. On the whole, Zeus's lightning bolts are presented as the most powerful weapon in Greek mythology. There are arguments to be made for others, such as the head of Medusa, which, in one version, Perseus used to turn the titan Atlas to stone, and the entrails of the Ophiotaurus, a topic we just covered, which, if burned, bestowed the power to defeat the gods. Hades' Helm of Darkness and Poseidon's Trident also come to mind, though for these two, I think it's safe to say they're in the tier below. Zeus's lightning bolt allowed him to bring the universe under heel and to put down any and all threats to his rule, no matter how overwhelming or monstrous. They were instrumental in winning the Titanomachy, the war against the Titans, in which Zeus supplanted his father, Cronus, to become the new ruler of the cosmos. They were indispensable in winning the Gigantomachy, the war against the giants, in which the giants were utterly destroyed. And unequivocally, without them, Zeus never would have defeated Typhon, the most powerful monster in all of Greek mythology and the last major threat that Olympus had to overcome. Given how the singular might of the lightning bolt was one of the chief factors that organized the cosmic hierarchy, trouncing anyone and anything that came into Zeus's crosshairs, it seems only natural that we want to know more about it and the first place we're going to start is its origin. In Greek mythology, thunder and lightning were phenomena as old as the earth, but for millennia in the primordial past, even though they technically existed, they weren't able to be heard and seen. Gaia thought them such destructive forces that she hid them away. It wasn't until the Titanomachy, when the Cyclopes were forging weapons for the gods, that Gaia allowed thunder and lightning back into the world. Here's a passage from Hesiod's Theogony, that speaks to this. He set his father's brothers free from their baneful bondage, the sons of heaven whom their father in his folly had imprisoned, and they returned thanks for his goodness by giving him thunder and lightning and the smoking bolt, which mighty earth had kept hidden up to then. With these to rely on, he is lord of mortals and immortals. Also mentioned in that passage are the three Cyclopes, who are really at the heart of this topic. In the context of Zeus's lightning bolts, when we say Cyclopes, we aren't referring to every one-eyed giant in Greek mythology. Polyphemus, the Cyclops blinded by Odysseus, is an example of a Cyclops that's irrelevant to our conversation. The pertinent Cyclopes are the trio born to Gaia and Uranus. Their father thought them abominations, so he imprisoned them in the earth, where they stayed, except for one brief above-ground sojourn, until Zeus ventured into the cavernous depths slayed the dragon Campy, the jailer, and rescued them. The Cyclopes were incredibly grateful and, from that point onwards, basically beholden to Zeus and the gods. The Cyclopes joined the war effort, but their contributions didn't include strength or savagery on the field of battle. They were master craftsmen, so they put their talents to use and crafted a trinity of awesome weapons for the gods. The smoking bolt for Zeus, the trident for Poseidon, and the Helm of Darkness for Hades. The three Cyclopes born to Gaia and Uranus were godlike giants. They were called Arges, 
the Flashing One, Brontes, the Thunderer, and Steropes, Lightning Bolts. By the account of the Roman poet Virgil, their forge was located in Sicily, under Mount Etna, where even long after the Titan War was won, they continued the unending labor of crafting fresh bolts for the king of the gods. Now, there was a fair bit of distance that separated the volcanic forges beneath Mount Etna from the pinnacle of Mount Olympus, and I'm sure Zeus wouldn't have relished the mundane duty of fetching his own bolts, which is why there was probably a delivery system in place. We know from Hestiod's Theogony and other sources that Pegasus, the winged horse that sprung from the gory stump of Medusa's neck after she was decapitated, was the creature that carried thunder and lightning to Zeus, keeping the clouds crackling like a well-stocked quiver, so it could be Pegasus that was making trips to and from the forge. An interesting turn of events with regards to the creation and supply of thunder and lightning centers on Asclepius, a son of Apollo and a hero renowned for his skill as a healer. Like many other heroes, Asclepius, in his youth, was under the tutelage of Chiron, who taught and raised him. Asclepius became so adept at healing that, by using the Gorgon's blood Athena gave him, he could not only bring people back from the brink of death, he could actually revive people who had passed on. In another version, the ability revealed itself to him as if by providence. He was tasked with restoring Glaucus's, King Minos's son, to life. A snake wound its way up the staff Asclepius was holding, so the hero killed it. Not long after, another snake with a herb in its mouth slithered near. It placed the herb on the head of the deceased snake, bringing it back to life. Asclepius, understanding, took the herb and used it on Glaucus, resurrecting him. And ironically, this great power would prove the cause of his own destruction. Unfortunately for Asclepius, Zeus concluded that such a power in the hands of a mere man, even one who was the son of Apollo, would set a troublesome precedent and would blur the divide between mortal and divine, a divide that Zeus wanted stark and crystalline. Here is where this story ties in with the topic of this video. Taking matters into his own hands, Zeus killed Asclepius with a lightning bolt, and as you can imagine, having his son smote for being too good at healing didn't sit well with Apollo. In retaliation, Apollo killed the Cyclopes that made thunder and lightning for Zeus. Naturally, Zeus wasn't thrilled about having the wellspring of his power destroyed by the vengeful rage of his son, so Apollo was made to serve Admetus, a mortal king, for one year as penance. The fallout from this as it pertains to Zeus's thunder and lightning production isn't elaborated on, but it does raise some interesting questions about supply. Presumably, the death of the three Cyclopes responsible for making thunder and lightning must have really thrown a wrench in things. Maybe Hephaestus stepped in and kept the old factory running. In truth, as far as mythology is concerned, I'm sure the skies were bristling with bolts and rumbling with thunder, like always. But still, I do wonder how they ramped production back up. Maybe Zeus outgrew the system and simply conjured it himself which would explain why Apollo was given such a light sentence. A year for an immortal relative to our lifespans would be like a day for us. If our sentences were that lenient, our streets would be hunting grounds for murderers, and we'd all be the thralls of warlords. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. As always, leave your video suggestions down below.